Chapter 114 Shut Up and Do the Impossible The gibbous moon riding higher in the cloudless sky, the stars and wash of the Milky Way visible in all their majesty within the darkness. All these shone down upon the graveyard to bear witness from their unimaginable distance. In the instant when Harry had realized there was no way at all left to save everyone, his mind's voices had fallen away, become one, a single purpose taking up every fraction of his mind. Fifty seconds. Forty seconds. Harry's eyes tracked slowly across the air until his gaze landed on the first Death Eater, the one closest to him. Thirty seconds. Twenty seconds. Time's almost stop, hissed Voldemort. I do no secrets you would like to know, Harry hissed. He didn't look directly at the Dark Lord as he spoke. But most valuable knowledge to you, I think, would be my ideas to how world might be destroyed. Yet, to tell you such thoughts might lead to destruction of world. Do not know prophecy, but if there is prophecy, that makes it more than unusually probable that any action I take might have that effect. Or to tell you such might prevent destruction of world, since you do seem motivated to avoid it. Not allowed to make such a decision myself, would need to awaken and consult girl-child friend. Vow requires. There was a long pause. The Dark Lord, floating above and behind the curve of Death Eaters with leveled wands, began to laugh as Salazar Slytherin had thought a snake would laugh, cold amusement in the form of a hiss. <laughs> Do you know how to destroy world then? cannot deliberately try to imagine method. You might have way for servant to steal my thoughts. Vow prohibits, but suspect I could devise method if girl-child said to try. Harry's eyes drifted slowly to another Death Eater, and another more snakish laughter. <laughs> Clever! You have my compliments for thinking of such tactics, but no. 
No, it is annoying. But with world and your eternity at stake, would you not... Great our risk to a world in introducing such complications delaying your end. I will study muggle sciences myself. Think of all you might imagine. Now, speak such secrets as you may tell me, or this ends. Slowly, Harry's vision tracked across the graveyard in careful arcs, ignoring the Dark Lord except as a floating blackness in his peripheral vision. His mouth went on speaking with only half his attention. Have thought of idea you might not have considered, teacher. Your attempt to kill me might fail in certain specific way, despite all your precautions. Perhaps lead into my destroying world later. Would not ordinarily deem probable, but with prophecy at hand, may well be so. Voldemort went still in the air. How? Am not obligated to tell you. A cold anger began to seethe through the sneakish reply. Though I understand well your desperation and attempted cleverness, this begins to annoy me. I will not withhold from killing you, for that is still greater risk. To fail to tell me your thought risks destroying world. Speak. No, vow does not obligate me to any positive action. The Dark Lord stared down at Harry Potter, who glanced up at the angry face only briefly before his eyes went back to the next Death Eater. Some of them were shifting their stances slightly, but they stood still and said no words as they leveled their wands. The silver skull masks could not be read. Then, the Dark Lord began to chuckle again. Survive your death! <laughs> you think you might? No, child, my horcruxes are not linked to you also. I would know if they were. Or is there other reason you think you might survive beyond my ways of ensuring your death? Harry didn't allow himself to be distracted. The repeated failures didn't matter. They only led into the next action in the chain. But he still needed a next action. Now, 
speak secrets, the Dark Lord hissed. Oh, I... Life Eaters will pursue you always, hate you always, seek you out wherever you go. If what I have just done was successful, I have caused them to be set upon you. Guardian Charm Secret will be beyond you for long time to come. Perhaps forever. Best defense against life-eaters would die with me. This is starting to become sad. The Dark Lord's voice trailed off. Ah, I see. Life-eaters respond to expectations. You tell me I will be hunted. I expect to be hunted. They hunt me. Such is rare, but not unheard of. Valuable secret, yes can see many uses. A cruel smile. I shall allow you to select one person to be saved. Myself would tell you to die with dignity, but knowing myself, I know it for futility. You have wasted my kindly gift just then by annoying me, and I retract it. Any other secrets? Yes, really interesting ones too. Some you are unlikely to figure out on your own. Not for very long time, if ever. If I say I have told you all that do not risk world, will you not torment any of my friends or family? All of this speech started because you left me no way at all to save everyone. The Dark Lord stood still in the air for a long moment, and Harry's eyes went on tracking slowly across the graveyard as his hand remained tight upon his wand. In the instant when Harry had realized there was no way left to save everyone, he couldn't speak any incantation in English, but transfiguration was wordless. There was no material in contact with his wand's end except air, which couldn't be transfigured. But... Voldemort didn't know about partial transfiguration, which Harry could use to transfigure a tiny bit of the material from his wand itself. You're stalling, the Dark Lord said.
just to delay death or with other purpose. Harry said nothing, his other work slowing as his mind sought a continuation of the conversation that would work even against the Dark Lord's will. Speak and tell me, purpose, or this ends now, and your friends suffer for lifetimes. Lower muggle weapon, and do not point wand in my direction, Harry hissed, putting as much cold danger as he could into the snake's voice. Speak no commands to servants. I do possess capabilities of which you are ignorant. Can use one such capacity to cause huge explosion almost instantly without speaking incantation. Slay your new body, all servants, stones scattered to who knows where. At his current level of practice, Harry could transfigure one cubic millimeter as fast as he could apply his will and magic. One cubic millimeter of antimatter. It wasn't a world-ending threat. Voldemort could have been carved from stone. You bluff somehow. Not bluffing, speaking in snake talk. I tell you, I can do it almost instantly before any spell can be cast at me, I think. You know very little of sciences yet. Power I would command is stronger than process that fuels stars. Vow will stop you, hissed Voldemort. You cannot risk world, take no risks, none with clever ideas. Would not risk world, I estimated size of explosion nowhere near that large. You do not know, fool, cannot be sure. Voldemort's hiss was climbing higher. I am reasonably certain thou will not stop me. There was an increasing fury in Voldemort's expression, and yet his hiss carried a tinge of fear. I shall wreak pain beyond imagining on all you care for. Shut up. I disregard all such threats now, as theory of games says I should. Only reason you make threats is that you expect me to respond. That, too, Harry had truly understood in the last extremity. 
Offer me something I want, teacher. For your new body. For your continued holding of stone. For lives of your servants. Harry's mouth was running on automatic, his real attention elsewhere. Beneath the moonlight glints a tiny fragment of silver, a fraction of a line. From a tiny spot on the end of Harry's wand, a cubic millimeter of anchor stretched out a thin line of transfigured spider silk. It would have been broken at once, if tested. It would have gone unremarked, if any had noticed its glint. Less than a tenth of a millimeter in cross-section, the tiny shape represented by the extended line of spider silk was something Harry could transfigure swiftly. Ten centimeters of length to a cubic millimeter of total volume and Harry could transfigure a cubic millimeter in a fraction of a second. He was forcing the transfiguration outward, extending it through the air as fast as he could without risking the transformation. The tracing line of spider silk looped around a Death Eater's hood at neck level, returned to the pattern of threads. Voldemort's face was now impassive. You must not leave here alive. Sensible people called good would also agree. This I tell you in Snake's speech, but all your friends I will treat kindly and protect under my reign if you agree to die now as good person should. The last Death Eater was looped. The pattern of spider silk was complete. The web had been drawn with loops around all the Death Eater's necks. The ends of those loops had been anchored to a central circle, and that central circle in turn had three threads stretching across its center. The entire pattern still touching the anchor line stretching out of Harry's wand. Over the next seconds, those near invisible threads of reflected moonlight turned black. Filaments narrower, stronger, and sharper than steel wire. Braided carbon nanotubes, each individual tube all a single molecule. Harry hissed. Want to also promise to treat nations kindly under your rule? will not accept less. Voldemort hovered still in the air, snake face showing a dawning fury. The last two threads stretched out from the dark pattern, black threads already in the form of nanotubes. They moved lightly through the air toward the Dark Lord himself, 
toward the sleeve just above Voldemort's left hand that held the gun. Toward the sleeve above the right hand that held the yew wand. Threads placed high at first to give them time to drift slowly downward through the air. The threads looped around, went over themselves, tied slippable knots, began to tighten, coming closer to the sleeve as Harry transfigured them shorter. Harry felt the tickle of Voldemort's power beginning to touch his own in the back of his mind. At the same time, the Dark Lord's eyes widened, his mouth open. And Harry transfigured the black thread stretching across the black pattern center to a quarter their previous size, shrinking the circle, yanking hard on everything attached, tightening loops. Black robes falling. Harry wasn't looking there. He didn't see the falling masks, the blood. In the back of his mind, he felt some explosions of magic like he had felt when Hermione died, but he ignored them. Harry's eyes only saw the Dark Lord's hands and wand and gun dropping downward. And then Harry's wand was rising, pointing. Harry screamed, STUPEFY! The red bolt, the color of the stunning hex, winged toward Voldemort, blazing across the graveyard almost faster than the eye could see. Without any hesitation, despite his wounds, the Dark Lord jerked down and right through the air. And the red bolt from Professor Flitwick's secret swerving stunner turned in midair and slammed into Voldemort. The pain that flashed through Harry's scar was searing. It made him cry out and a red haze appear across his vision. Despite everything, Harry dropped his wand in pain and sheer fatigue. As Harry let go of his wand, the pain began to clear. Boom! Thank you so much for listening so far. Did you know we have over one and a half million downloads so far? Sorry releases have been a bit slower recently. Family seems to take up an awful lot of time. But the box set for Limitless Lands, 62 hours of audio narrated by me for one credit, just went live on Audible. If you enjoyed my narration of this, please go check it out.